it's another edition of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. John Alba here, alongside the czar of Limitless Wrestling, Mr. Randy Carver, and the OG of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. Two weeks in a row here, the Danger Kid, DK. What's up, gents? We're on a comeback tour for this trio of podcasters now. I'm stoked. I thought it was blackballed from the podcast why would you have been blackballed for being a jerk i don't know i just wasn't on for like a year i feel like i don't know (laughs) it was a long time to be fair you absolutely lit up my chest you deserved it you did enter the let's rumble john yeah randy where's that video by the way huh Oh, maybe this week. Maybe this watch week. along of Alba getting chopped next week. I'm hey, I'm just saying a watch along of the Let's Rumble would be fun as hell. That would be so I, much let's, fun. All right, I'll I'll get that done. Okay. Let's do that. Then. Okay, Let's Rumble watch along would be fun. That would as be hell. fun to talk about how we put that together too. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Uh, yeah. It's just it's like a mess, but it's not. It's it's very fun to. put It's organized together. chaos. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yes, and we had some surprises. It was good stuff. But it's good stuff uh, that you guys are listening to us here on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, as you do every week. We appreciate it. And DK, we got some great feedback about last week's episode. How would you feel about it? I felt really good about it. I'm glad to hear that we got some awesome feedback. I definitely saw some, for sure. Um, I feel good about it. I just definitely thought of, like, probably another thousand things I could have said like after the fact, which doesn't help anything, but you know, I think uh, the overall sentiment was good, and uh, yeah, it was a rad episode. Randy, you had a chance to listen. Anything you'd like to add on top of all that? I did. Uh, I listened the night it came out, and I was bummed that I couldn't be a part of it. But uh, I think it was a very important conversation to have, and I think that honestly, we'll probably have more conversations like that on this podcast, especially when we get to the area where you know shows are starting to come back, but. Uh, to be honest, I mean, it's been a bummer two weeks. Like it's been, uh, pretty emotionally taxing on a lot of people, uh, especially those close to some of these people in the business. And, uh, it just sucks that, you know, a lot of people, you know, people who seemingly looked out for you and had your best interests in mind were terrible people behind closed doors, but, um, it's the reality of everything. And, uh, I was talking to old Dougie Weiser the other day and he's like, it's the, it's the great wrestling purge right now, because when, when things get back, I mean, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of uh, good people probably receiving the opportunities and in positions that they should have been the whole time. And uh, I think that because of all this, as hard as it is, and as, you know, just as, like I said, it's been a complete bummer a couple of weeks, but it's, it's been needed and it's going to be something that's going to, really push independent wrestling, just professional wrestling in general, I think, in the right direction when we get back. Well, we did have some developments in the last week. IWE, which, truthfully, without IWE, Limitless Wrestling doesn't exist when all is said and done. We would not be talking on a Limitless Wrestling podcast if there was no IWE. Not only that, all three of us wouldn't have ever met one another. That's true. Yeah, that's kind of fucking crazy, but that's true. IWE shut its doors This week, allegedly. I feel like I do need to add that. Um, After a string of uh, some accusations there. Involving individuals that we know. Um, But ultimately, the decision was made to close it. Randy, you... These were the first kind of independent shows you were going to as a little kid. You got your break in doing ring announcing. DK, you, you were 
trained there initially and made your debut as a member of the Fog. I, I had my first foray into independent wrestling there. I'm super grateful for all of that, but uh, pretty surreal, isn't it? Yeah, I would. Uh, surreal is the right word. I, I was very uh, kind of hit emotionally by that, to be perfectly honest, because it's just kind of been an institution of Maine independent wrestling for a long time, good, bad, or ugly. Um, you know, a, a lot of us ended up leaving, and I think that speaks volumes to uh, what was going on there. And there were a lot of people there, especially throughout my tenure, who really did want to change the perception and uh, just change how things were going in IWE, but it was just, it always felt like an uphill battle to uh, make things a good environment for everybody. But I just think the bad outweighed the good in the end, you know, Uh, and I think uh, when Eric Johnson was in charge and heading the company, there was a lot less bad going on. Um, And I I know that for sure. I witnessed it firsthand as you guys did as well. Um, He's the guy who gave me my break. And I think when he sold everything and kind of got out, um, that's when, really things uh, started to get ugly. And that's not from my personal experience, but that's from talking to a lot of friends uh, over the past week, week and a half, and and really months and years, because, uh, you know, you've been hearing about shit for a long time, but it it all exploded, really. And uh, I just think everyone's true colors came to light. And, um, you know, that's what happens when when you're kind of, you know, dealing with shady business people and dealing with people who, uh, when you really break it down, probably don't give a fuck about the people who they're employing. But um, it's sad. You know, it, it is sad because it gave a lot of people their first breaks in wrestling, um, gave a lot of opportunity to people who, uh, without a platform like that, probably would never have uh, dove into the world of professional wrestling. So, um, you know, it's it's it, it's it hits all the emotions, you know what I mean? Because if it's if it's really as bad as people have been saying that it is, then it's it's you know, good riddance for me, but, um, knowing what it was at one point, um, it's very sad to see it go. DK, any thoughts that you'd like to add on that? Um, you know, it is very bittersweet. Um, the seeing what IWE kind of became the last couple of years there. Um, I really do think when Eric Johnson sold the company, that was a big turning point. Um, I originally, when I left, it was, kind of a mutual agreement. It was definitely a falling out situation. Um, but it, it, it was basically over me speaking up for other people and wanting things to be better in that locker room, for that entire environment to be better. So, you know, for that, to, for that to be the issue of, you know, I was champ of the company at the time, you know, I had just gotten the title of my last match that was against Shane Douglas. And <laughs> yeah, wow. you know what I, mean? I remember like, that. And for me to be, you know, I left, but I also was not welcome back and basically over wanting a better environment for the roster and myself and everybody. Cause that's what we rightfully deserve for that to be the issue for that to be the kicker for that to be, uh, the, where we're drawing the line in the sand, I guess that kind of is telling of where it did end up heading over the last couple of years. And so I guess I can't really say I'm surprised that, uh, it's officially gone now and yeah, it is bittersweet, but honestly, at the end of the day, it's for the best. It, it is for the best if you're not going to improve the conditions that put people in harm's way, whether it's from the standpoint of these allegations we've heard or having a ring that is, you know, safe. Which That was the biggest thing, dude, because mm-hmm. literally the la- I would go to 
uh, a lot of these local shows, especially if any of our students were doing anything on them. Um, and I remember, I think the last IWE show I went to was January of this year when they had Mal- Brian Malonis on the anniversary show. And I shit you not, I think I was a part of ring crew like three times during the night trying to fix the ring because it was just, it was just falling apart. And you ha- I don't know how you expect people to want to go out there and put on good matches in a ring that's falling apart around them. You know, that's, that's unsafe to not only them, but potentially to fans if something breaks and goes haywire, you know, it's just, it's a liability. And uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard Mac Daniels ring story with IWE? No. Mac Daniels, before he trained with Let's Wrestle, he he uh, went to inquire about training at IWE, and it was before a show, and he walked in and introduced himself to uh, one of the owners, and one of the owners goes to him, it's a good night, and Mac Daniels goes, why? And the owner goes, well, the ring hasn't moved. <laughs> wow. I believe that. <laughs> um, listen, I have nothing but... I shouldn't say nothing, but I have mostly very fond memories and I'm very grateful for the opportunities. And it's sad because it's a it's one fewer place for people to get work. But if the work was unsafe and it was not a good environment for people to be in, well, then it needed to go away. So yeah, and it's it's like I said to the guys this week, I guess it just means we have to run more or less wrestle shows. I guess it does. So I'm into it. Um, also, like, it's crazy how like different things could be because if if eric johnson wanted to sell the company like a a year and a half earlier this would be the iwe podcast i wanted to fucking buy the company interesting like have i don't know if we've ever talked about that before we've never talked about this before i I wanted to buy iwe or at least have some kind of pull there because i was very passionate before like breaking out into a separate thing about trying to fix that place but um, I think we Eric, are. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we had a, there was a core group of us: uh, Danny, Jossie, Ace. Um, the, I'm blanking right now. Torres, Wild, and when say. he was around, yeah, Alexander Lee, Al, uh, crew from House of Glory. Like there were a lot of guys there who were really busting their ass and wanted to make it a better place, but um, there just really wasn't the wiggle room at the time to kind of have any control. So, totally understand that, but it just it's kind of crazy how different it could be. How about that? That is a totally different scenario. I mean, listen, I I think we all uh, should definitely give some thanks here to Eric Johnson. Because without Eric Johnson, again, all three of us wouldn't be talking here right now. Right. And I'm happy to see, I know Eric has had his you know, fall-ins and fall-outs with wrestling up there. But I'm happy to see Eric part of the Let's Wrestle roster. At least that's me speaking. And and I think yeah. I think he and Brandino Davis do good work. He's he's kind of a crucial part of the team now. Like, whether it's Let's Wrestle shows or the tapings or even the Limitless Dojo itself, mm-hmm. like, uh, especially over the past year, uh, he's kind of become a crucial part of our operation. So I, I, I'm very happy to have him on the team. And we've, like... Eric and I have been close and then we've been bitter enemies like a few different times, but like he's, we're very close now. And I feel like he's just really become uh, the Eric that I knew back in the day when he finally kind of took his, took himself away from promoting and kind of gained his life and perspective back. Because I think he just, you get in a zone where you're just doing it all the time and you're sick of it and you're fucking, you get jaded and 
bitter, I guess would be the correct term. That's what he said to me is that he was just bitter about everything. And I think he took it out on the people who were around him. And uh, now he's just really, I mean, when wrestling was around, he was just wrestling. He wasn't, didn't have to worry about shows, didn't have to worry about a lot else. He was working a shoot job in wrestling. And I think he was the happiest that he'd been in a long time and producing good work because of it. It's unfortunate, but perhaps needed. So we, uh, we, we thank IWE for giving us all a little bit of a start here and allowing us to have this platform. But this is the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, and we are here to talk about Limitless Wrestling today. I was talking with Randy earlier, and I said, why don't we do another watch-along? And we settled on the main state posse, so who better to have on an MSP watch-along than DK himself? We put up four options that you guys could vote on to see which match you wanted to watch along with us. And I was a little surprised by how much of a runaway this one was, but I'm not going to be upset about it. On the ballot, we had MSP versus the Work Horseman, MSP versus Violence is Forever, MSP versus Chris Statlander, Ashley Vox, and Alley Cat. And then Danger Kid versus Aiden Agro. Now, DK, did you have any preferences on which one that you want to go back and watch here? Uh, no, honestly, I don't. These days, I don't really watch many of my matches. Like, I'll, you know, if it's fresh I, and I can get the footage, like, I'll watch it back for learning purposes. But other than that, I really don't watch much of my my old s- stuff, really. Um, so I was really cool with any of these options or any match for that matter. So did you have a preference, Randy? Um, not off the top of my head. I thought that DK and aggro in the singles match would have been cool because I legitimately think it's been years since I've, I've watched that one. But, uh, no, I was down for any of them. Like Danny, like I, I haven't really watched any of these matches lately. So I was kind of eager to see what people wanted to see us watch and eager to watch one. I was really looking forward to seeing if DK versus aggro would win because I thought that would have been a very different dynamic that came in third place. Uh, MSP versus Violence is Forever came in fourth. The three-on-three came in second. And your winner with 53% of the vote, MSP versus the Work Horseman. Not that I'm upset about having to watch this match. DK, where does this match stand for you in term? Uh, before we watch it back, where does it stand for you in terms of your career accomplishments? It's one of my favorite matches we've ever had, easily. Um, if people want to like check out one of our tag matches, this is usually the one that I send them. Honestly, it's, I'm just one I'm quite proud of. Um, the workhorsemen, this is the third time that we had worked them, uh, first time in limitless, but it, it, James Drake and Anthony Henry are just phenomenal. Um, I think they're extremely underrated both as individuals and as a team, they, they're just incredible. I can't say enough good things about them, even though they hurt. Um, but yeah, they bring the best out of us and we've learned so much from both of them. Each time we work them and each time we have worked them, it's been better than the last. So it's high on my list. Your recollections, Randy, because I remember talking about this match on our podcast and you were saying instantly, you thought this was one of the best tag team matches in limitless history. Yeah, I think it was, uh, 
it was in high consideration for match of the year this past year, I believe. I think it came in second or third place. But uh, this was just electric to watch live. Um, and I think a lot of matches, like, in that Portland building kind of did give off a, a really, like, wild vibe. But this one especially, like, just uh, I think, like, you look for matches that kind of get people invested from start to finish. And I think this is one of those that did that a hundred percent and you don't get a ton of those in independent wrestling. It's very tough. And uh, there's so many different types of fans there. So how can you appeal to a majority of the audience all the time? But I think this one did. I remember watching this and, and saying to myself, man, these guys being you and aggro can work with anyone. And that's kind of what 2018-2019 was all about for you guys. You were in the middle of a really big hot streak after having such a cold 2017 into 2018. Wins against the Thick Boys, Shukru, the new Heart Foundation was a fantastic match. Assassin Fury. What are your recollections as far as you can remember, DK, about how you guys were able to pull it together after maybe coming at each other's other each other's throats for a little bit um me and aggro have always been very in tune with the direction that we're heading you know like we it's no secret we talk about it a lot on many different platforms we trained very early together my first session was his second um and being a tag team is not something either one of us had ever planned or envisioned getting into wrestling it just made sense considering we were both there and we both jived so well. Um, so I really think it just w- was a matter of getting back on the same page. Like, okay, we really got to like go all in on this tag team stuff or not at all. And let's just focus on getting wins, putting out the best matches we possibly can and just pushing ourselves further and further with each passing limitless show. Randy, why do you think they were able to put that hot streak together? Because we were talking about the potential demise of the Maine State Posse, and then all of a sudden they get what Major League Two would refer to as a winning streak. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it came with the rise in the Maine State Posse themselves because, like you said, 2017 in Limitless was tough. I think they were really figuring out their identity, and especially – uh, moving between tag team and trios matches, like there, it you had some obscure pairings sometimes. Like I remember back to the end of 2017, I think it was Danger Kid and Alexander Lee versus the Thick Boys, and uh, seemed like nothing was working. And then uh, really 2018, I think, is when MSP started to take off and started to become more of a known thing instead of just a regional thing. And uh, I think just everything kind of came together at once, if that makes sense for MSP. And uh, quite a hot streak it was. I mean, they were winning ever since they rid uh, Limitless Wrestling of Joey Eastman. Uh, they, they were pretty much right out straight until Alexander Lee, uh, I'm sure we'll get to it. But at the end of this contest, Alexander Lee uh, showed his true colors and uh, things changed there for the MSP moving forward. I just remember being in the middle of that ring in the Portland club, surrounded by the Main State Posse and Joey Eastman. And that was one of the more... Uh, surreal and chaotic segments I've ever been a part of in pro wrestling because the crowd totally took it over. And Joey Eastman was, uh, well, he, he picked up a new, he picked up a new t-shirt idea that night. That's, Is that the birth of the shit weasel? I, I, I would say that it was. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it made some money off of it. So kudos to him. So this match is on the Limitless Wrestling YouTube, which if you have not subscribed to already, you definitely should. I'm actually surprised by how few views this match has because this match is excellent. So let's make sure we can get that up. Share this match after you listen to it or watch it on this podcast. And we, we want to see what you guys have to think about the actual match because the match is really outstanding. This went down at the 2019 Vacation Land Cup, as Randy and I have talked about in recent weeks, even one of the more chaotic shows in Limitless Wrestling history. Um, must have been nice, Randy, to just be able to throw a match like this out there and know that it was going to deliver. Yeah, I actually, uh, I don't know if I knew that they had worked together previously, but I just knew, like, especially like Danny said, Drake and Henry are on another level. Um, and it just, it, it seemed like it made all the sense in the world with the matches that both teams have had recently in Limitless Wrestling that be a good test for both teams. And I think something that our fans really wanted to see. And neither were going to be pulled by AEW the week of. So that was a good. Yeah, that, that, it was a plus. <laughs> that it was a rough week. <laughs> but everything worked out in the end. So that's all that matters. And all that matters is you pull up this match on YouTube right now. I've got my volume muted. They got their volume muted. We're going to talk about this match as it goes down. 15 minutes and 43 seconds long is this video. The Work Horseman versus Mainstay Posse Limitless Wrestling YouTube channel. Go click it right now. We're starting at 0, zero, zero. Are you guys ready? We're good. Yeah. I am ready. So we will start this thing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 begin now i should note here that if there are any technical difficulties or if a youtube ad pops up in the middle of this we will stop appropriately and then pick a spot up to start again i saw sean stackhouse in there the uh pa voice of the main black bears oh no shit and the <laughs> and the main principals association state basketball tournament wow uh, he was the very first shot of that video randy that's funny. I didn't even know that. I know Sean, too. I didn't even see him. At StaxRL on Twitter, he's a fantastic Rocket League play-by-play man. So, oh, I love Rocket League. Honestly, you could bring him into Limitless to do some commentary. I bet you he'd do a great job. We'll do a Limitless Rocket League tournament. Oh, that'd be sick. shit going on right now. Let's so, go. I'll fucking roast everybody on the <laughs> roster. So, DK, where did you guys work together before? Oh, wow. It was both times at XWA in Rhode Island. And how'd those matches go prior to this? Uh, those were really good. Uh, the I, I don't really particularly remember anything bad about any of them. Uh, the very first one, uh, I was going for... We both hit, went and hit suicide dives on them to the outside. And I, I was aiming at anthony henry and totally like i was sweaty he was sweaty and i just like i kind of hit him but i kind of slid off of him too <laughs> and went over the barricade three rows deep head first into a chair Ooh. it was pretty wild i was perfectly fine somehow but it looked crazy and gnarly everybody thought i was dead um i was good though you know um could have been a lot worse if you follow the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, you know I'm a huge fan of J.D. Drake. He's going to be at the uh, Synergy Wrestling GSI, the Garden State Invitational Qualifier. He's facing Tony Depp in, in that. That should be an outstanding mm -hmm. match on Fight TV on July 11th. That one uh, proceeds going to benefit coronavirus first responders. 
J.D. Drake, just one of the more versatile pro wrestlers out there today. What's it like stepping in there with him, DK? Uh, intense. You know, it's like you're looking at a big rig ready to just run your ass over. Um, you know, especially coming into this, because this is the third time that we had worked them. I knew what it was like. So, like, I knew you'll see the chops coming up. Um, they suck. They're awful. <laughs> Probably the worst I've ever felt. Probably a toss up between him and Ace Romero, honestly, for who chops the hardest. Um, it's you yeah, and it's, it's intimidating being in there with Drake. It's you and, and Henry too. Honestly. It's you and Anthony Henry starting this one out. Randy, what stands out about Anthony Henry to you? He's just a very fluent technician. Like he, it, it just seems flawless for him. And, and honestly, it, it seems like he's doing it with no effort, even though you know it's a ton of effort. Um, it was just, I mean, it's insane. There's a few moments in here of how quickly he ties up Danny. I mean, you see him roll through right here, grab the arm real quick. Look at him go. He's insane. And then right back to a side headlock. He just, he, he can control your body in ways that you don't understand. And I think especially paired with James Drake, who's this big Haas bruiser, uh, they make for such a unique tag team that can really hit you at any angle. They are great. It's really hard to keep up with. I mean, you see right there, I, I went for the drop down, which is just trying to trip someone coming off the ropes and, Normally people just, it usually does not work, but, you know, people just, you know, float over and hit the other side of the ropes. And, you know, he stopped there and got me in a submission. I've never had anybody pull that out on me before. It absolutely took me off guard. And that's what Anthony Henry's really good at. He is really good at just like pulling stuff out of nowhere and just really surprising people. And that's what makes him so good in the ring and so successful. Well, I'm sure you guys. With that, dropkick out of nowhere. I'm sure you guys saw on social media, Anthony Henry, Stepping away from wrestling for now. Yeah, at the end of the year, right? Or is he done done? I think for now he's saying that he's retiring. Obviously, retirements in pro wrestling can go anywhere. But right. uh, for, for now, it looks like he's stepping away. He seemed very disappointed by a lot of the things that went down. Ooh. Yeah, understandably so. I mean, it's, it's a bummer, too, because I think that he was... I don't know if he had already gone or if he was on his way, but I think he was doing stuff with the uh, New Japan Dojo in L.A., so, uh, bummer to see, because I think Anthony Henry, I mean, I, I think he's probably, you know, he's like, he's like in his mid to late thirties now. So I think he's probably hurting too. You know, he's been yeah. going hard for a long time. DK, do you like starting the matches or, or do you like aggro? Because I, both of you are obviously full of energy, but I think aggro is so great making that tag and coming in and just lighting up the crowd. Uh, both of you are great at it, but just watching this, even in that little sequence we just saw. It, it fit the role perfectly. Yeah, I'm usually into starting the match. I'm usually chomping at the bit. By the time, you know, we've made our entrance and our opponents have made theirs and the crowd's going. You saw at the beginning of this match, it was MSP, Workhorse Men, back and forth, back and forth, and then let it go on for a little bit. I'm just, the, the adrenaline is just there and I can't help myself. I need to start most of the time. Well, there's those chops right there from J.D. Drake lighting up both of you guys. Uh, Brad asks, is J.D. Drake's chop the worst one you've ever taken? So you said that it's a toss-up there? Yeah, between. Could go either way. Sorry, can you say that again? I was saying saying it could go either way for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, James Drake is definitely like, 
he, he's up there and I'll say that until the day I die probably. Cause I don't think I'm going to come across anybody that is going to be able to hit hard. Like look at what he's doing to me right now. Yeah. He Watch just lit you up. <laughs> he lit you up. I'm sitting down to get away from the chops. Okay. The, keep that in mind right here. Oh, mm -hmm. I thought he, I thought he gave me a chopper there. And I know he hits me with a chop while I'm sitting down, which is another thing I've never had happen to me before. Oh, the wind up. team right here, <laughs> wind up and pitch. Look at my face. That's real. That's genuine pain, hurt, and suffering, and mockery from Anthony Henry on the, the apron there. Well, like, chops are I'll the <laughs> one thing in pro wrestling. You, 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 they're either good or they're bad, and you know because you can hear it. It's yes. as simple as that. Very rough. Uh, my I remember my chest looks just awful after this just hamburger meat have you ever taken chops randy i have actually i took them uh i did a few classes at iwe when i was first coming in and on the last class i ever did i took some chops i took backyard chops too which i think are fucking worse because you never know where people are gonna hit you because they suck but See, uh this is what sucks about anthony henry these kicks like I was going to say, he hit me with a chop right before that, and that was, you know, that's equally as Ooh. good. But he got me so hard with that. But those kicks, just stomping my non-existent soul out of my body. It's rapid fire. Those are some great He's tips. so quick. Like, that's the thing. It's like it's uh, probably a normal wrestler in that scenario is probably getting in maybe two or three stomps. I think he had like six or seven. Oh, it's look at this. Quick. Look at this. Oh. Yeah, and that's that's you see see in this match it's been only a couple minutes so far. You've seen how dangerous both of them can be individually, and then right there, that kind of fluidity in a tag team is that just doesn't happen. I, I don't think people realize that that is that is special. That and, is and it's just not something that you can just throw together. JD Drake is just so different than most guys because he is. Right, right. You just went limp right there. <laughs> yeah, you went limp. Um, his his dynamics are all over the place. He's a big guy, but he moves so well. And look, we're about to see it yeah. right now. Here he goes. The big Vader bomb and bam. Broken ribs. Just I don't understand. Like I say this often. I don't understand how he's not in one of the biggest companies in the world. It's amazing, I, isn't it? I really fucking don't understand. If I'm uh if I'm anyone in talent relations at WWE looking at this dude in Evolve, how are you not signing him? I agreed. And he was Ow. on the he it's was like, on the I network. Just, I just don't understand. Yeah. Nothing wrong with him at all. Well, and you've worked with him obviously, Randy, at a professional level. You said he's nothing but a pro. I fucking love him. I I'd have him on every show if I could and pretty much for the past year I've tried to. If he hasn't been on a show, he's usually booked somewhere else. Missile drop kick from Agro runs into him. Look at that. Ah, oh, Aiden Agro. Two for the price of one. Face meet foot. And see, like, I, I can take the beating. And then I'd be like, as long as I, I know if I can get through the beating that I take in these matches, as long as I can get over to my boy, he's going to come in like the biggest house of fire. And that's what's going to really catch the other team off guard. Look at them. They're gassed. He's running them both down because they just spent all their energy kicking my ass. And I know my boy's got my back. And so that's, you know, that's usually the, the play in our matches. He does a ton of cardio, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't? He's a freak. I do a ton of cardio because I have to. Oh, I love that. That was great right there. That fan just got mushed by J.D. Drake. Yeah, sorry, dude. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what just happened? That dude in the front row in the like blue shirt caught like five people to show. 
you're was saying happy a, about every one of them too. You're saying on hard cam, pal. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get it. There's the receipt for the chops. You're going after the wrong guy though. <laughs> Send yeah. him up. Oh, look at that. You see that? That's where the the third fact that this is the third time comes into play. You know what I mean? Like they had that so scouted. That's that's our move. That's that's what we do. Oh so. my goodness. That's a, such uh, a sick combination. And they're not done yet either. Thank God this isn't me. No, I think he gets fucked here with a cannonball. Yeah, right here. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you can't. Fuck. You can't take that. That's that's just hard hitting uh, drill bit. Dude, they're, they're oh, I love the drill bit. Their combos are outstanding. On another level. You saved Just his ass there. You saved his ass there, Danny, because he was not kicking out of that. Had to. Last <laughs> second. Drake's pissed. Yeah. I should have rolled out right here. I don't know what I'm doing. Crowd's loving it. I'm glad the crowd liked this match so much. I, I, I'm just so proud of it. Like, I'm really glad that it was so well received. Um, I don't know. It's just... I will never not be proud of this match. And I owe it a lot to this team. I know I said it earlier, but they just, they bring the best out of us. Like see what they're bringing to the table. We have to step up our game just to survive, let alone win, you know, trading some, some hands here. Anthony Henry just letting you hit him. And that's, that's there. Those guys are crazy. You know, Anthony Both Henry's a former MMA fighter, so I'm sure he uh, kind of encourages the uh, the strike battle here with DK. He absolutely does. Is uh, is his stuff RVD snug, DK? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you that. can you can kind of look at it and get that idea. <laughs> those are Ooh. like those are like my look at this Kip up, Enziguri mm. right in the head. You know, took a lot a lot of. Oh, match. I don't know how I did that. I don't, I forgot I did that. It's adrenaline, man. Like, okay, he's about to kill me right here. It's adrenaline, somehow, fight or, fight or flight, that. you know? Yep. And that, now, see, now you're an idiot. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then this out of nowhere, what is that? <laughs> oh, come on. What are we doing, you freak? Straight out of cab. Somebody County. give this man a lot of money. Ooh. Well, he just gave him a foot to the face, so. Yeah, this is a fun one. I'm glad this one won. I am loving life right now. I have pro wrestling on three screens right now. Ooh. You know how to live, John. Johnny Big this Screens is, over is... there from Florida. Well, I can't. All right. I guess I can make this announcement now. I am up for Emmy number two. Oh! So, Damn. if you think I'm insufferable right now. Oh, Johnny Two Trophies. Is oh, up. boy. You better it's hope. Gonna be right. You better Two hope trophies, that there's going to be like three weeks of podcasts that are just <laughs> you putting yourself over. Well, we got to win first. We'll see. Uh, that <laughs> was stupid. Uh, big chops. Yeah, you're in the corner, and you're you're not in the corner. You know, quote unquote, selling. You are hurt right now. This not is bad territory. <laughs> oh, oh. See, I saw. I saw what happened earlier. That's what good. I to do. Taking him out. Go for the legs. I like it. Oh, perfect timing. Agro being like, just cover him. Just do it. 
Oh. Wow. See, I I'm, got people out of their seats. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't result in a screw-up because Eric Greenleaf's the worst. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're not wrong. Maybe that should have been the end of it right there, but, you know. But it, it, it evokes the emotion of people standing up, like, I, I feel really good about that, yeah. even if that wasn't can, a winning Can moment. you feel that? that? The fuck up. Can you feel that in the middle of the match, or is it just all tunnel vision for you? Oh, it's all tunnel vision, pretty much. I'm trying to get the job done, and adrenaline works in these matches so crazy. Like, I don't know. It's almost like I can't even hear the crowd. I don't, I don't know. I know probably a lot of people say that, but it's so true, you know? Um, I don't know. It's... It's very surreal. It's almost like that time kind of flies by almost. Oh, my goodness. Oh! Jesus, that was scary for a half second. But he pulled it off. I remember that live. I was like, oh, my God. Well, let's do it. One, two, three. Nice. How well, yeah, about that's, that? That's what you hope for out of a match. Everybody out of their fucking seat. And they are going crazy. And how could you not? You know, that match was... About a thirteen-minute match, and it flew by. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I mean, that was that was so quick. Flew by. You guys pick up the win there um, against Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake, but that is not where this story ends because after the match, Brandon Kirk would make his presence felt, and Alexander Lee would come down to make a bit of a save, but instead of that, D.K. he turns his back on you, and. Joey Eastman is pulling the strings behind everything. And the mainstay posse, as we knew it as a trio, was no more. Take me through all of that. How did that all go down? And, I mean, you guys were so emotionally and physically spent from that match. I can't even imagine what that must have been like for you guys. Well, you know, leading up to this match, you know, we had touched on earlier. We had a year where we went very, very cold. Uh, We were trying to figure a lot of things out. Then we, we started picking up a little bit of steam. We found ourselves having just more tag team matches. And yeah, I, looking back on it now, hindsight's twenty twenty. I can definitely see how Alexander Lee kind of felt slighted, left out. Um, never never in a million years would have seen him coming out uh, at the end of the night with Eastman and Brandon Kirk. It's just none, none of that was on our radar. And like you said, after the match, we just all watched uh, – we were beyond spent. Um, adrenaline was still running. The emotions of winning, the the pain of the physical toll of Anthony and Drake beating the shit out of us. Uh, just everything that happened after the bell rang was just, I don't know. It, it really was like tunnel vision. It just all happened so fast, beyond caught off guard. Um, it, it was really hard. And, you know, it, I didn't, fully process all these emotions for a couple days after you know it, it, it I, I think it still kind of messed me up a little bit it uh the whole thing really fucked with me randy when you saw that go down these are three of your best friends yeah this was uh this was an insane moment i i don't think i've seen the emotion of a room change so fast um as to when alexander lee pummeled them with the uh with the buoy uh, forcing MSP to reinstate Joey Eastman if they wanted to get their retribution against him and Brandon Kirk. Uh, I think it was just a very a very emotional situation for especially people like me, people like uh, 
uh, I don't know, a lot of the dojo students who had been uh, very close to everyone and had not a clue what was going on. I just think it took uh, took everyone by surprise, caught everybody off guard, and uh, just was one of those one of those moments where uh, it kind of felt like a hostile environment. I, I compare it to like the MJF uh, Ashley Vox match from Hooked on a Friedman of just like very tense emotional moments that uh, really stick with you for a long time. Where do you guys stand with Alexander Lee right now? Um, that's a funny question because he deleted all of us and fucking deleted his Facebook a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Why'd he do that? Any idea? I don't know. Then, Who's Alexander Lee? Alexander Lee, as a person, I feel like has a lot of deep-rooted issues um, to no fault of his own. Uh, and I think he's just a very nihilistic person and kind of views it everything in general as like the world is against him almost um maybe not so much as a personal thing like maybe uh it's him against the world rather i think that's where this entire thing with eastman came from is that's kind of been their prerogative since uh since dumping the other members of msp in july and then uh, after september they were really done with brandon kirk so it's it's just it's been a weird avenue for both alexander and Eastman to take of just it's really been them kind of sectioning themselves off and um, just kind of trying to trying to continue to believe that everybody is against them whether it's in Limitless Wrestling or anywhere Would Alexander Lee ever be welcomed back into the Main State Posse? I don't know I don't know if I can really fully answer that I don't know if I've ever really thought about that I don't know if anything like that would ever even remotely be on or close to the table um for either side really i don't know if you'd ever want to um tough to say um but ultimately that's not just my decision to make so i really feel like i cannot answer that fully what do you think it would take for that to happen would it need would there need to be some sort of meeting reconciliation absolutely uh, that would be a, a big start. Um, I don't know. It's it's really, it comes down to, it's a relationship. You know, it was a friendship. Actually, you know, it was, it was a brotherhood. Um, and obviously, like, we've all been through that before, even before this. You know, we, the first Vacation Land Cup, we all wrestled each other. You know, we, we've been there. We've done that. Um, this one was just much more and it would just have to be something that we would all have to kind of come together and work on to mend and he would have to do a lot of legwork to really change how I feel about certain things we had a couple other questions that I want to ask you real quick here Uh, Jason asked were you upset about not being part of the vacation land cup last year or were you happy to be back in a tag team situation um, I think it's there's always kind of a bummer to not be included in something as special as the Vacation Land Cup, uh, you know, because it is a very cool thing. Um, I have a lot of faith in it as a tournament. Um, I was very stoked to be a part of the first one and make it to the finals. Uh, so that kind of helped me with dealing with not being in this past year's Vacation Land Cup. But, you know, I'm a tag team wrestler at heart, 
And I think it's more important for me to be having a match like what we just watched with the workhorsemen on a card like that, rather than taking up a, a single spot from one of the many incredible roster members that we have here in Limitless. Jessica, as our final question here, if you could create an eight-team tournament in Limitless, what other six teams would you include along with MSP and the Workhorsemen? So I'll tee this up to all of us here. Oof, that's a good question. I think uh, based on recent history, you'd have to throw whatever it takes in there, Mark Sterling and VSK. Yeah. I would agree. Got to get the Thick Boys back in action, I think. John Silver, Jay Freddy. Uh, I'd l- personally love to see Butcher and the Blade in there. That's a team that we Can... have not had a chance to mix it up with yet, and I'm not sure what their status is with AEW as far as you know exclusivity. But uh, yeah. that was going to happen on the show. I don't. I'm trying to think of it right now. I but... was thinking about this before we started the match. Wasn't that the match we just watched supposed to be a triple threat with them included in it? I don't. Was think that a different? So one? it was. I think it was right around the time when they got signed to AEW because the next. So it might have been. Twilight Zone, because you guys weren't originally supposed to wrestle AG and Ace. So I think think that Twilight Zone was originally going to be Butcher and the Blade MSP. Um, But Butcher and the Blade, I think that is when they signed. Yeah, because the last show that they did for us was Fresh Blood October. So that was actually going to be a match at Twilight Zone if everything went to plan. Can we also talk about how, like, Low key, and and I would do anything for you guys to be in this match because I would take all of these teams in Limitless next week on Fighter Fest. You're gonna have FTR and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade as the main event. And wow. I mean, I would have all of those teams in Limitless in that tournament <laughs> in in a fantasy world. Oh yeah, I, I think Perfect the Lucha Brothers. I think the Lucha Brothers are just. I, I would love to see you and Agro mix it up with the Lucha Brothers. That'd be wild. Have you ever been in the ring with uh, Ray Phoenix or Pentagon? No. Um, we've been on, I don't, I don't think, one show with them. They're very nice dudes. Um, but, you know, they kind of they had their match and we had ours. And it was very brief interaction. But, yeah, nice guys. Never had the, the pleasure of getting in the ring with them, though. But, yeah, who knows? It might happen someday. Any other teams come to mind, Randy? Uh, violence is forever is another one who comes to mind. Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo. I think they were going to be uh, a pretty big part of limitless moving forward in 2020, if we were able to proceed, but, uh, I'd like to get them involved. And I feel like we'd need, uh, some less wrestle representation. So maybe the tag team champions of the stigma, Eric Johnson. And I, like that. I like that. You know, I was going to recommend for a second, uh, doing the syndicate MSP match for this watch along. Oh, the trios! The trios with the that was uh, nuts. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a fun time. It was a doozy. That was crazy. There was a was there a door in that one? I don't or a board, right? With like there was the, a pine cone door, right? Yeah, pine cone door. I yeah. got a bunch of pine cones because those things suck, and I glued them to a door and wrote MSP on the door, <laughs> and we put somebody through it. I think. That's yeah, awesome. I think it was Micah. Yeah, I think that was the, the end of the match. Owen Brody, excuse me. Jeez. Um, but I also think, like, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain right now, and I might be wrong, but in the world of Limitless Wrestling, I think that was the last trios match of MSP as a unit. I think so, too. I think it was, that syndicate match. It would have been May 2019. Yeah, 
So I yeah. think, yeah, hundred percent because we didn't, we had the locker mess festival that year, but they all did either tags or singles. So I think that's the last uh, trios match of them as a unit. Can you and Aiden Agro just beat up Dave Dyer for me? That'd be if you pay us. Oh, come on. Like, like you need. I thought you were going to step in the ring, John. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. But right now I can't travel out of the state of Florida. So Johnny <laughs> two trophies looking for enemies. Can't travel. <laughs> Listen, it sucks. I, 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 I had that big rant last week. I'll have the rant again this week. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of people not wearing their damn mask. Wear your mask so I can leave this godforsaken state and square off with that Belf, Belfast puppy dog that is Dave Dyer. I'm, I'm down. Let's make it happen. You want to be All the right. special guest ref, DK? Yeah, sure, man. I mean, anything's better than Greenleaf. contract right here, so this is happening eventually. Anything's better than Greenleaf. I agree. That's, That's true. one thing I can agree with you. You might have merch coming out soon. Yeah. To like give to like the Ugandan children that like get all the <laughs> well, Super Bowl shirts. Well, doesn't sell any of it, but yeah. Okay. Now he's going to be ripped, and I guarantee you. Yeah. About a day and a half after this comes out, I'm going to get a message from Greenleaf that says, "I want on that fucking podcast to rip a bird jam now." If, 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 gonna, so we're gonna have to get that fucker on the podcast. We can do the Eric Greenleaf throwdown, and I am beyond ecstatic for that. Beyond, <laughs> beyond. Bring it on. Let's do it. I think he just needs like a five-minute segment, and I think that'll be enough of Greenleaf for everyone, and uh, it'll shut him up for a little bit. So, well, the th- minutes, the thing is, the thing is, we would tell him five minutes, but he would miscount and end up for longer. So. That's typically what he does. So, so yeah, I, uh, the amazing thing about Eric Greenleaf is no matter what I say to him, he kisses my ass like crazy. It's outstanding. So let's, let's. Well, you have an Emmy, John. I've, I have heard that. So that's, uh, that's this edition of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. Uh, watching it back, guys, what did you think of that match? It was a fun watch. I, I, uh, I loved it. I, had fond memories coming into this watch along and i'm leaving like okay yep that was that was solid still a match to be proud of um i definitely you know i've been in the dojo a lot with this whole quarantine and just watching that back i'm like yep i like this i'm proud of this but you know i know we can do even better and uh i see a couple small things to work on um so yeah i'm, I'm excited to get back into the lab and work on some stuff Randy, aggro. I really liked it, and I think it's a solidifier because, like, this is one of those matches. Like I said earlier, you watch it in person, you know that um, it's going to translate well to video, and I think it translated even better. Um, I might even rewatch it later with the sound on because the the environment of everything really tied everything together. But uh, really fun watch. I like these watch along ones a lot. I think they're a lot of fun. I agree. I agree, and I hope you guys all enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next time on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast.